0: Are you tired of your valuable ideas and suggestions getting lost in the shuffle? Well, that is why I'm introducing DirectSuggest, the revolutionary digital suggestion box that puts your voice front and center. With DirectSuggest, you have the power to make a difference in your organization. DirectSuggest provides value to organizations in various industries worldwide, including notable brands like Comcast, TD Bank, and Nokia. And here's the best part. Direct Suggest only costs $0.50 cents per employee per month, making it an affordable solution for businesses of all sizes. Plus, they have an incredibly high ROI and savings potential with an average 33 times return on investment. The implementation process is also a breeze. Once committed, setting up Direct Suggest from start to finish can be completed in as quickly as a week or less. Don't let your ideas or your team's ideas go unnoticed. Visit directsuggest.com today and start by making a difference with DirectSuggest. Use the promo code HUMANHR for your extended 60-day free trial. Again, visit directsuggest.com to learn more and remember to use promo code HUMANHR for an extended free trial. DirectSuggest, where your voice matters. Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. I'm Tracy Chernoff and I've spent my entire professional career in HR. Each week, we'll explore the delicate balance between people and business with the aim to reconnect the two and create meaningful outcomes. Listen in as I share my own experiences, challenge the status quo, and chat with guests from various industries about our mission to bring the human back to human resources. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. Thank you so much for being here for another week. Make sure you head to my website, hrtracy.com. Subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching this podcast, and connect with me on Instagram too at HR Tracy. This week I have Damian Filatro with me as my guest this week, and we're going to talk about something that is super super relevant to all of our lives because at some level we are all doing some kind of hiring, or we ourselves are candidates in the recruiting process. So this is going to be a super timely topic for all of us. So. Damien is the founder and CEO of Scalable Path, a software staffing agency that matches leading companies and startups with vetted remote software developers. Previously, he headed PHP Development at SolutionSet, a multi-channel marketing services company where he spent five months managing a team of developers in Goa, India. Damien has held sales and marketing positions of notable San Francisco technology companies, including Evite and CNET Networks. Through his work at Scalable Path, Damian has championed employment equity for software developers across Latin America. He also cares deeply for the environment and has pledged 10% of all Scalable Path profits to climate change research, which I totally love. Damian also holds a BA in Geography and BSc in Computer Science from UC Berkeley and San Jose State University. And he's passionate about software development and agile processes. So welcome, Damian. What an amazing bio. I love it
1: thank you for going through that whole thing.
0: <laughs> I know. It's, it's, is it awkward when you hear someone reading your bio? Because I've been yeah, on a enough podcast. Yeah, yeah. Right. You're like, what do I do? Do I twiddle my thumbs? Do I just say yes to everything? I know. But you know what? These are all of your accolades and all the things that you care so much about. So it's hopefully kind of nice to be able to hear it back because otherwise it's just something that you wrote once and probably don't look at that much. True. Anyway, I'm really excited for our conversation today because, you know, on the podcast, I've had a number of guests who talk about recruiting processes and things like that and whether, you know, people should be fully involved, whether AI should be fully involved. And before we started recording, you and I kind of talked a little bit about both of those things. So why don't you kick us off? I know that you are obviously speaking from a ton of personal experience since this is literally your business, your bread and butter, um, but why why do you feel that recruiting processes are broken? And what is it about Scalable Path that really seeks to solve some of those problems? And I know we're going to dive into the bigger picture there, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, to start off on why I think the recruiting process is broken in a lot of places, I think you can look at f- platforms like Indeed as a case study where they have, I think, something called, you know, one click apply. And I think that recruiting doesn't work very well when the different players in the process don't have any skin in the game. Like if I'm um, an applicant, and it takes me literally one second to apply to a job, I'll just apply to any job, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so I don't have any skin in the game as a As an applicant um and as a as a company or a recruiter sifting through all these applicants i'm going to get thousands and thousands of applications from people that may or may not be qualified and it leads to a big problem where you how do you pro how do you process these thousands of of questionable applications and you know we're all hearing about ai um, in the news all, all day about chat gpt and and it remains to be seen how we can apply that to to recruiting but for more than a year people have been using other ais to um, you know apparently improve the the recruiting process but um, I see this this use of AI as almost like solving a problem that didn't need to exist in the first place. If you right. if you could structure your process in such a way that you know the people that were applying actually were qualified, or or if you were reaching out to a more targeted set of individuals, then you would get a more reasonable set. Of applicants that you could as a human parse through um, and so that's one way I think um, things are broken and just you know'll I'll, I'll kick it back to you there I mean does this relate to to anything that does this resonate with you and, and what you do
0: totally I mean it it fully resonates and actually I, I have to be candid like I personally as a candidate, Love the easy apply, but not for the jobs that I really want. Rather for the jobs, you know, in terms of like volume. Like whenever I've been a, uh, you know, in the job market or searching, which I'm not currently. So maybe things have changed a little bit. But you know, like having that easy apply on LinkedIn or Indeed has it's made statistically the ability to get an interview maybe a little bit higher. Like obviously that is a benefit for the candidate, but. Being in HR and being on the opposite side of an easy apply button, you get hundreds and hundreds of resumes that are not necessarily relevant to the job at all. So there, to me, there's almost like that small percentage of people who do take advantage of easy apply that actually could be relevant or, you know, uh, qualified for the job. But then for on the business side, it's totally unsustainable. So I fully agree with what you're saying. But I can also see how a candidate would be like, oh, well, you know, I don't really want to dedicate the time to put into all of these applications. But then that's kind of of comes back to what you said before about, you know, needing to have this like mutual skin in the game. If a candidate is not taking the time, do they really want the job? So it's like, you know, this all kind of comes full circle. So yes, it totally resonates. But then it leads me to wonder, is there a way to make it so that the candidate is having a seamless experience in the way that, you know, this easy apply is totally uh, reminiscent of why TikTok and Instagram and video content is so popular because our attention spans really um, prefer like 30 second to one minute videos or, you know, moments in time, I should say. So is there a way to capitalize on that to maximize a candidate's I don't know, nature, while also ensuring that the business is not sacrificing its time, productivity, and energy through, you know, having to sift through thousands of applications that are coming through an easy apply button.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a a way to do that. I think if you're, maybe if you're a company, a temporary staffing company trying to hire a large volume of people for an event or something. Yeah. There, there's not a, you're not going to be working with these people for a long time. It's, it's like, okay, we just need bodies in this place. Then yeah, we, we don't need to spend a lot of time as a company or as an applicant, like saying why we're a great fit or, you know, really putting effort into it. But I, I don't, I don't think I want to be in a recruiting world where, Candidates don't take the time to yeah. think about each job they apply for and and think about why they are a good fit and communicate that to me. And and you know I started off saying it about it's too easy for candidates. I think that the same thing goes for for the companies posting. I think you know they've got to have skin in the game. I don't want uh, a company going on twenty platforms and putting in some mm-hmm. crappy job description. <laughs> Um, right. And just seeing what happens. And then I'm taking my time as a, as an applicant, maybe I am taking time and I'm investing and, and they're not even paying attention
0: yeah, because they only so spent
1: weird. one minute posting this on every platform they could think of. And then no one's monitoring the applications. Yeah. So you have to have them have skin in the game too, where the, you know the the company takes the time to really define their job description and write a thorough and compelling job description, and then so if you have a platform where okay the jobs that are on there are good jobs and they're well described, and then the people who are in the platform are are have really fleshed out profiles, and and one other other thing is that like in our profile in our platform people have to decide what they're good at. They 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 have to choose like up to three areas of expertise. They can list a lot of different skills, but they kind of have to define themselves hmm. as being, you know, Here's are my top areas. And so you can't just say I'm great at everything, or you can't just right. see a job that you want and then change your resume to match. You have to, yeah, yeah. you have to, make a decision about who you are so that clients can have more confidence or for higher, you know, companies can have more confidence that you really are who you are and that you have the skills. I mean, later on, we put them through vetting and that's a whole other thing. But um, I think it, to summarize, like you have to have a people, can- candidates putting in, you know, thought, and effort into applying, and you have to have clients putting thought and effort into posting jobs, and that—that's one way I think it's broken the, the the process. I mean, but taking this this AI, um, you know, movement to another level, like there's a lot of tools coming out right now that are trying to make things really efficient for the recruiters or the hiring companies by actually. Having AI do the work that a traditional uh, recruiter might do. They might say, Here, um, okay, you applied. Now join this um, video interview. And the video interview is just an AI, you know, just recording you as an AI asks you questions. And then these Products claim to be able to watch the video and and read through the transcript of these answers mm. and then rank the candidates. Like this is where,
0: yeah,
1: it's going. And I, from what I've seen and what I've read, it's it's not working very well. Um, you know, there's a lot of bias um, in the data that these models have been trained on. Um, it's a, I mean. And even aside of beside the fact that the results aren't that great, um, there's it's just a crappy experience for a an applicant. Like as an applicant, it just makes you feel very impersonal. Um, like you're just sort of like livestock being kind of processed through this pipeline. And I think that companies that just like the name of your podcast, Keep the Humans Involved, you know, are going to have better results, not only in, in fostering relationships with good potential candidates, but having better actual results because human beings are way better than AI at reading a human and knowing, okay, um, like there's examples of, you know, people getting ranked high and not even speaking English in the, you know, in, in the interview, they just, they've tested it. I, I, maybe we can share this in a link somewhere, but there's a, there was a podcast I listened to where they were testing these products and the person just spoke German the whole time and got a great interview ranking. And, and the, and the AI didn't even know they weren't speaking English. Like they're just mm. using some facial expressions or something. So, there's some really bizarre results coming out of that. Um so bad experience and bad results. Um mm-hmm. so you I I really do believe you have to keep humans involved. Maybe someday in the future this the AI will get good enough or people won't care about talking to AI, but I don't think that moment is now.
0: Yeah, it's a I'm really glad that you brought up the AI side of things because obviously it's pertinent considering it is like the number one thing in the news these days. You know, I I totally agree and I've had a, um some guests who advocate for AI only. I've had guests who advocate for a mix of both. I've had ad, uh guests who advocate for just human uh recruiting styles. So I am of the belief that AI can supplement certain things and AI can support businesses and people to do things that are pretty administrative um, that otherwise they it is could be seen as like a waste of productivity for someone mm-hmm. who could be spending their time doing something more uh, beneficial for themselves and the company. In a recruiting process, specifically, I think this is like best seen because, AI is, to your point, not sentient, and it's not going to be able to pick up on the interpersonal things that come out of a recruiting process. And beyond that, even more importantly, the whole point of a recruiting process is to measure, not only for the candidate, but also for the business, how well someone is going to not just fit, but add value to an organization, the culture, what they're bringing to the table, how competent they are, and those are things that you really need to measure through conversation and and that interpersonal communication again. So, you know, for the candidate experience, like I couldn't imagine speaking to a computer and feeling like I'm walking away from that process like one knowing more than I did going into the interview and two feeling like this was a culture that I wanted to contribute to because what culture or what what feeling of culture are you getting from AI you're you're really not so I do think there is a huge importance in keeping humans involved in Mm -hmm. human related processes like like recruiting for example Mm -hmm. and you know, you mentioned before we started speaking um, or recording, excuse me, that, you know, AI basically came out to solve a problem. AI specifically in recruiting came out to solve some of these recruiting challenges. But we need to understand this. These are primarily in your words. We need to understand what the real solution is, because AI is not Mm -hmm. going to be that end all be all, at least not today for these challenges. So, you know, what what can be the solution? Is it? a fully human led process is it leveraging ai for those administrative things like scheduling and you know follow up or is it something else if your company is remote or hybrid then you know just how difficult it can be to grow your company's culture beyond a pre-scheduled zoom happy hour or occasional lunch and learn well this week's sponsor is here to solve that they're called culturebot CultureBot has devised what will likely become the gold standard for growing and blossoming a company culture inside of Slack. The app is like a sidekick for any HR or people professional, automating a lot of the mundane tasks you probably are forgetting to do on a daily basis. Things like birthday and work anniversary celebrations, team shoutouts and kudos, employee introductions, and remote games. It even has health and wellness tips and conversation starters. If that piques your interest, this will get you even more excited. Today, I'm able to share a special promotion for listeners of the podcast. You can get your first six months of CultureBot for 50% off. Plus, if your team is under 25 employees, CultureBot is free forever. So if you're looking for a way to create a culture of appreciation and drive increased engagement and togetherness across your team, I definitely recommend checking out CultureBot go to getculturebot.com slash HR. That's getculturebot.com slash humanhr to get the offer. Plus, I've added the link in the show notes, so you can just click right there. Now, let's get back to the podcast.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree with you that AI, we're using it. We're, we're using it internally. We use it um, for scheduling. We use it for, and and I'll some of the things that that i, I would lump into this it's it's not just ai it's like ai and automation software automation right, i right, mean the, right. not everything is ai and that that's an impersonal software product but like you know calendly it's not technically ai there are ai schedulers but you know you can automate and mm-hmm. i do think that there are i'm not a luddite like i i if something works let's use it so we're using AI, like we're using ChatGPT to help us proofread or, um, you know, write write better job descriptions. Um, you know, we're using it to maybe even you could say like, oh, tell me a list of great questions to ask a candidate sure. if this is my job description. And, and, and not just taking the output of AI and just regurgitating it, but oh, that's an interesting one. Let, let me tweak that let me let me add another question to the list but using software and AI as a tool as a recruiter um, that seems fine to me um it's when you when you're making the hiring decision with an AI that's that I don't think we're ready for that and we, we may never be mm-hmm. they can still I be agree. gamed it's it's hard for AI to tell when someone is BSing you Mm -hmm. BSing it, you know? Um, and humans can pick up on that because there's a lot of great smooth talkers out there, uh, in job interviews. Yeah. Um, so I do to, to answer your question, I would say, yeah, there, there is a, um, how we see it at scalable path is you give, uh, the recruiter or we call it, you know, the talent specialist, you know, a, a lot of tools, you give them a platform, an applicant tracking system, you, you give them all the tools in the world, but you, you keep them involved for those key decisions Mm -hmm. and key touch points. I mean, in my space, which is like the premium software developer, you know, talent space there's there's a lot of players out there and i think one thing that sets us apart is we're a company that is not trying to grow like um you know we're not taking vc funding and trying to experience like hyper growth and like Mm -hmm. be a unicorn and just you know make you know, prioritize profit above everything else. I think that there are companies in the space, um, in the recruiting space that are, have gone out to get investment with the story of, we're going to use AI to automate practically everything. And that's how we're going to make tons of money. And that's why you're going to give us hundreds of millions of dollars. And and what that ends up doing is, we started earlier talking about how people need to have skin in the game.
0: Mm-hmm
1: like that that's the 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 company like call it the recruiter or the the platform or you know the company that's doing the hiring and vetting sourcing and sourcing and vetting and placing they need to have skin in the game too right so if if they're just like oh well we just wrote this software um and we're just matching clients with, you know matching companies with developers and we don't really care if you know i don't know 60 percent of them don't even work hmm. because we're just going to do a numbers game we're going to let the clients do the work posting jobs we're going to let the candidates do the work applying and we're just going to let this ai sort it out and even if it doesn't work a lot of the time we don't care we're not spending any time ourselves so we we have skin in the game. We care. We have humans spending hours reviewing candidates, taking them to the next level, doing real live coding exercises with, with mm-hmm. them that wow. um, you know, that take time and so we're invested and we want to find the great a great fit. When you when you go with these platforms that are relying too much on automation and AI, they don't have any skin in the game. And mm-hmm the likelihood of success because of that, I think is less.
0: I'm glad you brought up this point on, you know, pretty much like some of the nuances to hiring someone who is in a specific type of career with a specific education. And, you know, like, for example, with software developers, a lot have PhDs or they're going, you know, they have their masters, they're going for PhDs and they have all of this accreditation and, obviously this is it's but, a different but a lot of them skillset- don't even
1: have a lot of them don't even have just self-taught and they're great too really? i will say that oh, oh yeah. that's
0: pretty cool then i didn't know that yeah. you just i didn't yeah. know that i kind of thought that this was like something that everyone had to have this like background no, an there's. Some, in. i mean
1: it's it's definitely a feather in your cap if you've got a degree but like there's a lot of oh, great wow. software developers out there who just Because there's so many online resources. Yeah, that's true. And they're like free courses you can take. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's pretty cool. I guess then let me amend my statement here. With software developers, then at least whether they have the educational background or not, they have this tactical skill. It's like a skill-based role, which obviously HR requires skills. Finance has skills. Like all of these jobs have skills. So I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. everything else is skill-less. That is certainly not what I'm saying. But rather, I think what I'm trying mm-hmm. to get at here is that in certain industries and in certain professions, there is a very specific set of qualifications and skill sets mm-hmm. that are required in order to be perceived as not only competent, but qualified for the role. Whereas someone, let's take HR, for example, might just need work experience rather than you know an educational mm-hmm. background or accreditation or anything like that. So my question here for you is whether or not this kind of like approach where AI is involved or even like the the ease in applying, like how easy it is for people to apply to jobs these days because of that one click or easy apply button are those solutions proverbial solutions at this point because we've agreed that they're not necessarily this end all be all are they better suited for certain industries like retail where job experience or managerial experience or cashier experience is king, but education is not necessarily king. Like, and you need a higher volume of candidates. Do you see what I'm getting at here? Like, is yeah, no, there I would, an industry I would agree where it's more relevant?
1: I, I would, I would agree. I think I touched on this earlier that the, the more high volume or less, I don't know, um, previous experience or skill is needed in a position, I think that the less Hmm. heavy the recruiting process probably needs to be, you know, or less detail oriented. I think the more you get into um, higher specific skills that can be tested or, you know, senior roles, people that are going to be extremely mission critical to your organization over a longer term, I think you want to spend, you want to invest more at every level of the of the process, mm-hmm. um, you know. One other thing that came to mind when you were talking about, um, you know, just a moment ago, was, um, you know, the the vetting process that that people go through. Um, it, as a software developer, I thought this is where you were going when talking about software developers, like it's really interesting what AI has done to this. Like there's whole companies like HackerRank and other companies that like provide, um, you know, testing services for developers, right? And a lot of them would do this fully, in a fully automated way. They'd say like, okay, come in, companies do this themselves, right? They'll say, Okay, do this test online and then we're gonna know if you're good at JavaScript, or we're gonna know right. if you're good at this. But what's really crazy is that you can take those questions and put them into chat GPT and it will solve them like right away.
0: Yeah, that's true. Right. Right. And
1: and like it's we've done it with our questions, and we're like, oh my, you know, this is really a thing. So everyone's getting a yeah. little panicked. Like right. these online tests are just totally solvable via AI, and it it's like coming full circle on why you need to keep pre- the people involved because you, you it's really interesting because using AI is now like a skill for developers. It's one of the industries that's going to be most mm. impacted potentially in a positive way is is software programming because you can use this ai almost Mm -hmm. as like there's this concept in programming called pair programming where you would pair up with another human and and you would like work on a problem together and you'd be like oh i would do this and you write some code and then the other person goes oh like what if you did this better or whatever and and it's people do it in in real life and it sounds like it could be more costly because you're paying two people to work on the same thing but it can have really strong results but now ai is becoming like that pair person you can say you can just be starting a task and you can go to chat gbt and say okay well this i want to write some php code that accomplishes this and it'll spit it out and then you could be like oh that's a good idea and you can copy and paste and then edit it a little bit and then you could even say well could you improve the efficiency of this and it'll do it and so learning how to prompt an AI and code with an AI is a really good skill. And so you mm. don't, you actually, when you're evaluating candidates, you want them to be able to use the AI. If you're, sure. if you're saying yeah. you're going to do our test, but you can't use AI, that's like saying like, you know, I want you to, I don't know. Cause you want to, you want to have their evaluation be, as close to what they would do on the real job sure. as possible. Right. And so you're like, okay, well, how would you do this? And if you, the most efficient way is to use AI, you want to let them, but you want to be watching how they use it. And that's why we do that with a human. And right. so we can let them use the tool and we can see how they're using the tool. And if they're using it a lot, you know, you can see are they just copying and pasting, or maybe we ask them to talk through. Okay, why are you doing that? Can you explain what's happening? Or we're kind of even learning ourselves how to how to handle this. We might start saying, "Hey, could you do this part without it?" You know.
0: Yeah. On one hand,
1: we want it. You want them to use it, but we have to know that they they know something themselves. Right. So, but still, at the end of the day, you know why I really wanted to come on your podcast because I think it's about you have to have in in the 2020s a human involved you can't just let it go to ai if you want the best results you have to even if it's part of your process as a tool for the recruiter as a tool for the developer you need that human there to kind of keep the big picture and catch the little things to know if this person really is a good fit
0: right it's it's all really really well pointed out and positioned I think and as you were sharing this you know notion of needing to to validate that there's competence in terms of like using AI, I was thinking about something that I recently spoke about on a actually this week's episode but by the time our episode comes out it'll be much further in the past um, which is around you know if whether or not AI will replace HR jobs which I don't believe it will, Maybe some, maybe some parts of the role, which you know is can be heavily administrative, but either way, you know that's not the point. Why? And not the reason why I bring this up. One of the things that I mentioned is that uh, a reason for AI to slow down in terms of businesses replacing, job, uh, replacing people with AI is because of security risks. And so when I think about a company in software development and technology, um, information and technology, whatever it might be if there is a a moment in the recruiting process where coding or actually doing a test is required, a lot of the time we see that NDAs are required and that there has to be some element of, you know, ensuring that there's security with information that a candidate is receiving, you know, as part of the process. It's not always that way. It depends on how far they are along in the process, of course, but I was thinking about, as you were sharing before, that if someone is just, you know, taking you know, the question or the the problem, and it's not a live coding test or demonstration, that then there's there poses a security risk for the company if they've here required a, um, the candidate to sign an NDA or to, you know, uh, have some semblance of confidentiality with the sensitive information they're receiving to perform this test, and then they go and they put it into an AI tool, there are risks there for a company. So then companies might be much more inclined to step away from using AI to having, you know, a similar process to yours, which would allow for live uh, testing, which would then showcase whether or not someone, you know, is using something appropriately, that they're using this data, um, you know, sensitively and things like that. So it's interesting. I don't know if you have any thoughts on the security side of things, but I definitely think that that is a a point in the human-centric recruiting process bucket.
1: Yeah, I mean I would to that I would say that I think it's very rare circumstances where a company should have to expose sensitive information in order to properly vet someone. I I think there are ways mm. to do it in a way where you're not exposing any any of that sensitive information. So Yeah, that's fair. Um I mean yeah, you de- there there's a lot of interesting intellectual property questions with a lot of these coding AIs like I that I haven't even wrapped my head around like you know one of them is uh, GitHub Copilot which is like mm. autocomplete for coders, you know, and and mm-hmm. you can you're coding and you can just be it'll be like hey, it looks like you want to do this and you could just push tab and then it like auto completes a function wow. that you're writing or wow. something. But how did it know that, you know, was it, is it, whose code trained that model? Is it taking all the code? Yeah. Like, is that, is that, are you, I, there there may be, wow. <laughs> I should research this more before blabbing about it on a podcast, <laughs> but like, I, I, I'm curious, are they just using everybody's code out there to train this model and then is that I mean, fair like are you yeah. is that violating the intellectual property of all the all the people that put their code in github
0: like well i guess it depends on make- if there's like a contract or anything you know if you it's like the same thing with terms and conditions when you're on facebook or instagram if you're not yeah, reading click. that yeah, yeah you just click it and like you have no idea what you're signing like the reason i deleted tiktok was because it it traces and records your uh your actual activity outside of the app. And once I read that, I was like, what the heck did I just agree to? Why would I do that? But most people don't read those things. So I would imagine that in in software uh, like that or AI tools like that, if you're just agreeing to the terms, same with ChatGPT, I just agreed to the terms. I didn't read anything. You know, I guess it, it could be yeah. that they own the intellectual property of yeah. anything. I need to do coming. more
1: homework on that. Yeah, yeah it'll be
0: interesting. Let me know what you find. Well, thank you so much, Damien, for kind of walking us through this whole kind of concept and, and philosophy around recruiting. I think that I would imagine that many, if not most of the listeners who have kind of heard all sides of the spectrum here, that they probably are in agreement with you that there has to be, you know, the human interaction involved in the recruiting process just like what you all are doing at Scalable Path, really keeping the human in the process and um, making sure that there is that mutual interest from both the company and the, the, um, the company hiring and as well uh, the candidate. I think those two things are really important. So with that said, where can the listeners connect with you further and learn more about Scalable Path, about what you're doing and the philosophies that you've brought to the podcast today?
1: They can just go to our website at scalablepath.com, and uh, you know if they're looking to hire a software developer or designer, it's a big orange button they can click on. Otherwise, they can just send me a message on our contact page if they want to talk about
0: something else. Amazing, amazing. I'll make sure that all of that info is linked in the show notes as well. Um, amazing. Well, I really appreciate your time. I don't know if there are any parting thoughts here, any lasting takeaways that you want the listeners to walk away with?
1: No, well, I think I've, I've said my piece. Uh, I really <laughs> enjoyed the conversation. Um, yeah, it was a fun topic.
0: Awesome. Yes, I agree. I agree. I'm sure we'll continue to see more of this AI and, you know, as in a recruiting process and otherwise shake out um, as we continue on in this journey of life. Um, because we're learning so much every single day and I'm sure that by the time this episode comes out there will be even more to report on even more to think about so thank you so much for your time and for being a guest on the podcast and for all the listeners make sure you go to scalable path I will link it in the show notes and connect with Damien as well his LinkedIn will be in the show notes as well Uh, thank you so much Damien again have a great one Hey, just before you go, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you are the first to hear when an episode drops each week and maybe leave a five-star review and a comment about how much you loved this episode. Plus, if you have someone in mind who would really enjoy this episode, make sure you share it with them. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week.